Thank you, Casey. In fact, I used to sing that a lot when I was younger and could sing. Well, I don't know that I ever could, but I just did it. So I love that song. Had a fellow one time disagree after I sang that song. He got up in the pulpit, a preacher. And I was the pastor of the church, and I sang that. We were having a revival. And the preacher got up and he said, I don't like that song. And I almost drug him out of the church. And uh, he said, because we don't introduce people to, G to Jesus. The Holy Spirit does. And after service, I took him to the side. And I said, I don't know where you got that doctrine, but without us, the Holy Spirit can't work in a person's life. We must tell the story to allow the Holy Spirit of God to do His work. And, uh, but it is our job to introduce people to our friend. And the best friend that we've ever had, huh? Go with me, if you would, to First Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to share a message with you that God's placed upon my heart. I've been praying and praying that God would give me a message that um, get excited and stirred and and just uh, that I could just have a spell with and uh, and I enjoy that those type of messages and and I'm liable to have a spell with this one uh, just by being able to preach it and um, but I want to. Through, I woke up very early this morning, uh, probably three or four o'clock, and um, lay there still and praying and thinking about the message. But before I uh, laid down, went to bed, read, and, and did a lot of uh, pondering about the message. And the way I do things, sometimes... Um, I can be doing something else, but my mind goes to the message that I'm about to preach or I'm preparing to preach. I can be doing something, um, and Jenny says, I thought you were studying, and I said, I am. But I'm doing something else. And um, and and so so I'll read a little bit, I'll... I'll take a break, I'll think about things, I'll ponder what I'm going to talk about, and, and I'll gather thoughts, and, and I'll, the Lord will put it together, and, and uh, I think it was Jeff and Skip this morning asked me if I was ready, and I said, if the Lord shows up, and they said, well, he's here, if you'll just let him do it, you know, or something to that effect. Thank you, too, for your encouragement, by the way, um, and... Uh, and so I said, well, if he gives me the unction to preach. And before I got up in the pulpit, I prayed. And, and I asked God for that unction. Um, but through all of this in the last several months, 
And I know some of the messages that I've preached up to this point, when we've been able to come back together, I want to talk about the falling away today. Um, Because I'm seeing some of this take place through the tragedy that our country has gone through in the past several months. I'm seeing um, in the attitude of people. Uh, I mean, I won't share with you everything I've had people say to me uh, through all of this and through some of the things that I've stated, whether it be on our lessons on Sunday night or Wednesday night or, or on Sunday morning. But one of the most common things is people would I've had a number of people say, stop, stop scaring people. Stop telling people that Jesus is coming. Stop telling people that that these things are going to happen. Stop doing that. You're scaring people. And so I'd like to tell you right now, if I can scare you and get you saved and go to heaven, I'll scare you to death. I don't know about you all, and I've told others this as well. Boy, I'm about to get off on a rabbit chase here, but Jenny and I sat out on the porch last night just about the edge of dark, and there was four or five rabbits uh, running around, chasing each other around, and I thought about preachers that get off on a rabbit chase running all over the place. But... But it just, I'm trying not to get there. But anyway, I want to get back to my message. But, uh, but that we scaring people. Um, I was scared of dying and going to hell when I got saved. And so for some people, I don't believe it'll work any other way. Some people might be convinced in other ways, but... But it's the thought of dying without God and without Christ in our life, without certain things, but especially to die without Christ and not be able to go to heaven, it scares me for people that maybe are in that situation. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you where. I told you chapter 4, but now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, they, these folks... During this particular time, the scripture is very plain to us about the times of that there'll be a departure from the faith. And the writer here, Paul, is telling Timothy that that literally believers will depart from the faith. That believers will depart from the truth. And I'm seeing that in my lifetime. I'm seeing that during my ministry. Not necessarily here in this church, but I guess this is kind of a message of warning to all of us and an encouragement to all of us 
is to hang in there and do not depart from the faith and do not fall into the ideas and the philosophies and the doctrines of other people as they would share things that are contrary to God's Word that Paul says that there would be people that were in the latter days that they would depart from the faith. He was saying that there were people in the faith that would depart from the faith. Now I've asked, been asked this question many times in my life. Were those people truly saved that Paul's talking about <clears throat> that was in the faith, that would depart from the faith, that he says that these folks that will depart because of doctrines, because of seducing spirits, and because of doctrines of devil. Be careful, church. Be careful, Christian. Do not listen to everything that's being told to you on the radio or television or somewhere else. You read it for yourself from God's Word. You Don't take my word for it. Uh, I'll do my best to tell you truth and to tell you right. But don't take my word for it. You get into the book on your own and don't take any man's word for it. You take God's word for it. And that's why years ago uh, when I was going to Bible college <clears throat> that um, <clears throat> that we would, uh, uh, they would, uh, well the Bible college I went to had a bookstore. And they like to sell you Bibles and commentaries and all kinds of other things. And so every time we'd go to class, they would hold up a commentary and say, Now, we really like this commentary here because they made money off of selling those books in the bookstore. And so PK's been to seminary, and, and she knows. And, and she and other people have been to Bible college or even college itself. But anyway that they would want to sell us books. And so uh, this person would have a differing opinion or a different view or a different idea of, of Scripture or whatever else. And I found myself getting influenced by all of these commentaries that I would be reading. And, it, and I'd already been a Christian for some time and already was solid on some of my thought, things that I thought. And so at that particular time, I was being, I thought, well, that sounds really good. And this sounds, PK, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, amen me then every now and then, all right? Come on. Uh, that uh, I'm just kidding. She's sitting over there nodding her head. She knows what I'm talking about. But And so I got to a point to where God started speaking to my heart and said, Joe, 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 wait a minute. Hey, dummy, you're listening to everybody else but me. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, when I go away, I'll send a comforter to you. And he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will teach you what I want him to teach you. He'll tell you what I want him to tell you. He won't speak of himself. I spoke about this, I believe, last Sunday, uh, or last Wednesday, I believe, on on uh, Facebook, that He will tell you 
what I tell him to tell you and quit listening to what everybody else is telling you and that sounds good and would deter you from the truth and sway you from the truth. Jesus Christ, and PK knows this, and anybody else has been to Bible college. When I was in Bible college, they told me in Bible college that Jesus could have been the son of a, of a Roman soldier. They told me Jesus could have been something else. Did you, amen, come on now. Help me out. If nobody else does, PK, come on. But, uh, that they, this is in Bible college. And we've got people coming out of Bible college that is hearing these uh, uh, damnable doctrines, in my opinion, these heresies, in my opinion, and they're getting in pulpits across America, and they're espousing this kind of junk in the pulpits across America, and telling the congregations this, this, or this, and they're saying, well, my preacher told me it was all right if I did this. My preacher told me it was all right. My Sunday school teachers said it was all right. Well, let me tell you something. If this doesn't tell you it's all right, it's not all right. If the Word of God doesn't give you the okay on it, or if the Word of God tells you that it's wrong, it's wrong. Let Jesus Christ and God Almighty and the Word of God be true and everyone else a liar. I know you all agree with that. I'm preaching to the choir this morning, and so encourage me a little bit, and we might be here for a while. The Timothy would say, but the Spirit of God says, speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith. This is sad because I don't know about y'all, but I don't know how anybody that's ever been saved and tasted of the goodness of God could ever leave it. Come on now. Can you? I mean, has God ever blessed you? Then how could you get up? How could you leave that? Has God ever done anything for you? Then how could you forsake that? <laughs> I'm about to get happy. Has God ever answered a prayer for you? Has God ever done anything for you? Has God ever gave you peace? Has God ever gave you joy? Has God ever gave you contentment? Has God ever blessed you beyond measure? Then how in the world could you leave that? How in the world could anybody in their right mind, how in the world could anybody that's ever spent any time with Jesus ever run away from him? Glory to God. Terry, if you're watching, wave a hanky. How could anybody depart from the faith, but he says, because of seducing spirits? Well, I'm dwelling a long time, and I'm not even getting into the message yet. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. He's saying they'll have an outward appearance of religion, but inwardly they'll deny the power of God. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, 
fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They'll have an outward appearance of religion, but will deny the power of God who has raised them from the dead. They'll have this outward appearance of religion. We have political preachers all over the land today that are getting up in pulpits and preaching political messages. But there's no power. Church, our communities need the power of God, not a political God. Our families need the power of God, not the political God. Our state, our country, our whoever else you might want, our world needs the power of God. And Paul says that I may know Him, that I may know His power in His resurrection, that I might know uh, Him in this powerful idea that I wonder sometimes, think back with me just for a moment. I tried to do this the other day, and there were moments in my life to where I was experiencing more power in my life than I am right now. There were moments in my life to where the power of God was more evident in my life than it is right now. Think back with me just for a moment, that in your life and in my life, for some reason, it wasn't God. God's just as powerful as He ever was. It's not Jesus. Jesus is just as powerful as He ever was. It's not the effect of the cross. It's not the effect of the resurrection. It's not the effect of His blood. They're just as powerful as they ever was. It's you and I and the world in which we live in. It's us who is denying the power of God. It's us that's denying the awesomeness of God and the awesome abilities of God. God can do anything He wants to do. God can do above and beyond whatever we ask of Him. God can answer our every prayer. Then why isn't He doing it? It's not His fault that these people have, they get up and, and, and I, you all know by now, what you see is what you get. I'm the same in the pulpit as I am out here at the store somewhere. I'm the same in the pulpit as I am on the telephone. What you, if you don't like what you see here, then you don't like me out there either. If you don't like me out there, you don't like me here either. I, I'm not a religious zealot in a sense of the word that I get up all pompous and, and self-righteous and, and speak with flowery words and... and throw out my education and, and, and all of this. I mean, I'm a sinner saved by grace. If it were not for the grace of God, I'd be, I've got a dear friend that's down in Georgia that he just come out of heart surgery and, and they gave him, you know, uh, uh, blood thinners to, uh, you know, keep him from getting blood clots. And he had two ulcers in his stomach, and he nearly bled to death uh, from the ulcers in his stomach. 
they had to give him, I forget how many pints of blood. He just got out of the hospital. Uh, and they, they, they watch every now and then. And old Dave Akers, and, and, and if I call him up today and I said, Dave, how are you? I know exactly what he'll say. He said, I'm better than I deserve. And if I got what I deserved, I'd be in hell with my back broke. That's what he says. That we are better than we deserve to be. That we're sinners saved by grace. We're, we're not some, and it bothers me when people get up and act all self-righteous. Well, who in the world do you think you are? We're all in the same boat. We're all sinners saved by grace. We're all, I, I, I like ordinary people. I don't like people that think they're extraordinary. I don't like to fool with people that think they are something. And I've had a few in my church before, uh, not here, but in churches I've been in, that thought they were something else. Yeah. They're really something else. And you know, they reminded me of, of the, the Pharisees that when the sinner would come into the house of God and stand at the back door, and the Pharisee would stand up and say, God, I thank you that I'm not like all the others. Boy, I appreciate that I'm not like Skip. You know, I thank God I'm not like like others. I, I thank God I'm not like Jordan. or I thank God. Well, you know, they're probably thanking God they're not like me either. But we're all in this together. And we all need to understand where we've come from and understand that the power of God raises us from the dead with Christ. The last couple of funerals that I've done, I, I did a couple here during our, I've done several during this COVID-19 thing. But the, but the last couple, in fact, even with Joe, with Benny Brown, and... Uh, and others, I've, I don't know why I've never made this statement before. But I've said, and I would like to be, I did Jenny's aunt's funeral up in West Virginia, and I said that there as well. And some of you are saying, well, hurry up and tell us what you said. Just hang in there, I'll get there. Um, and I stood there by the grave, and I said, if there's one per place that I could choose to be, when the rapture of the church takes place, it'd be in a cemetery. Alive, not dead, but alive. Alive. If I could choose to be in one place. You know, in fact, if I could choose to be in one place in a cemetery, I'd like to be by my mama's grave. And watch her come out. Because of the power of God. The power of Christ. Because the Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. See, that's the power of God to resurrect us in Christ, but it's the power of God
to help us to live every day of our lives and not fret and not worry and not be afraid and not not fear what man might do or not fear what other things might happen, but to be able to have the confidence in God to know that I have the power of God that lives in me and dwells in me. I talked about another down in Elkmont, down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Any of you have ever been over to Elkmont Campground? Any of you? Carolyn, yeah, you all been over there. Uh, when you go out, like if you're going up in the mountains to go over into North Carolina, when you go up to the visitor center just outside of Gatlinburg, you turn right and you go up over the mountain and go down, and there's a sign there that says Elkmont Campground. If you turn left and go up in there, it's some of the most beautiful country you'll ever see. You can walk up along the river. There was a large settlement of people there when the government took over. There's about three cemeteries there. In one cemetery, there's several hundred children under the age of four years old. It's all that's there. Kids. The first time I visited that cemetery, I was in awe of just kids, several hundred, that lived there in Elkmont back in the turn of the century, later when the plague came through, the flu. When it came through, it killed all of the babies in that settlement under the age of four years old. And I stood there, I thought, wow. I don't know of any other cemetery. It might be. But I don't know of any other cemetery where every grave will bust open one of these days when the trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ rise. Then babies are going to come out of there. By the power of God. If He has the power to resurrect us and give us life, and for those that are true believers... We were once dead in our sins and He had the power of God to forgive us our sins, to wash our sins away, to take our sins from us, to cover us through the blood of Jesus Christ, to wash them away, not just to cover them up to where nobody could see them, but they're gone now. The sins are gone now. And that power, that same power, people are denying and saying, well, Jenny witnessed to a lady up in, uh, I can't remember, it's over in Kentucky. Uh, where? Virgie. We stopped at Virgie at a little store. It said, Bakery and Deli. Now, if you want me to stop anywhere, you put up a sign, Bakery and Deli. Mm. We stopped somewhere else the other day. I, I'll bring you back to my message, but... But let me tell you, they had these little fry pies. And they, they had some of banana, had bananas, banana cream in them. Ooh, make your tongue slap your brains out. Uh, but it, it was delicious. But we stopped there, and we were going past the produce section, and the lady had a mask on, and, 
And Jenny started witnessing to this lady, and she was lost without Christ. And she said, no, I, I tell my family, I've got to deal with my sins before I can be saved. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, they got it all wrong. See, somebody's taught her wrong. We witnessed to a young man up here on Foxtown Road the other day, and he said, I've been saved and baptized three times. And I said, no, 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 no. Somebody has taught them wrong. Let me tell you something. If you ever get saved, you'll get saved one time by the power of God and it'll be good enough for eternity. You won't keep getting saved over and over and over and over again. And let me say, by the way, as Jenny would tell that lady the other day, you don't have to do anything about your sins. Jesus will. Glory to God. He will. He'll take your sins away. You don't have to do anything about them. By the power of God. What we're teaching our people today is that God is powerless. That God doesn't have the ability to do what He used to be able to do. That God doesn't have the ability to uh, deliver, to set free, to forgive. Uh, all of these things. I want to tell you, God still has it. Amen, church. He still has that power to forgive and to raise us from the dead to a new life in Jesus Christ. I was walking in death, but since I got saved, I'm now walking in life. Glory to God. I'm alive and alive forevermore. I'm living like I've never lived before. There's a power inside of me that I can't contain. Glory to God. power of God. The power of God. Religion that has no power is a worthless religion. Religion that has a dead God is a worthless religion. Religion that teaches you to live in fear is a worthless religion. My Bible teaches me, this old Bible I carry around, teaches me that God has done away with fear in our lives, that we should no longer fear that He is casting out fear from us. We can live in faith. We're now risen with Christ through the power of God. They now live in a new and transformed life. I can live above the things that I choose to dwell in. I can live above the sins that I choose to commit. Why? Because Within me is the power to overcome sin in my life. It will take me by surprise. I may fall to it in weakness. There may be some other things. But I do not have to choose to sin. I do not have to choose to gossip on my neighbor. I do not have to choose to commit sin. I live above that in the power of God. He has Change me. He has 
transformed me. He has lifted me above that. He has given me power to overcome that. I was dead to sin. I committed sin because I was a sinner. But today I rise above that. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. Greater is his influence that's in me than the influence of the one that's in this world. I do not have to bow to the things of this world. The latter-day professing believers, it says that they will deny the power of God. And they will. They are. They have. But you and I are here to say with a rousing chorus, God is still all-powerful. God is still sitting on the throne of heaven. God is still in control, regardless of what we see going on around us. What I read there in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7. And I'll say this and I'm going to close. I'm about, I've, I've got six points to my message. I've done two. Long-winded preachers anyway. The easiest way to tell who a backslider is is to take note of their ungodly lives. Hmm? The easiest way to tell who a backslider is is to pay attention to their ungodly lives. The fruit being brought forth is a clear indicator that the tree is evil. You can tell by listening. You can tell by watching. You can tell by hanging around them a little while. And I read a little while ago, the Bible said, flee from them, get away from them, don't listen to them. Don't communicate with them. Don't have any fellowship with them if they're those kinds of people. That we should be aware. And I think all of you all can see this. I, I, I saw something this morning where... And can I put my two cents worth into this thing that's going on around the country today? It's gone way past George Floyd, in my opinion. It's awful what happened to that man. But, but let me say, too, I've seen many police officers have their knee on the back of the neck of a man they're trying to subdue. I've seen that a number of times. That wasn't out of the ordinary. I've seen it a number of times. I've seen it in person. I've seen it on tape. I've seen it another time. It's a tragic thing that what's going on. But I would like to see the rest of the tape from the time they walked him around the car to the time they had him on the ground. Some reason they put him on the ground. I don't know why. 
It's a tragic thing, though. The man shouldn't have died when he was begging for his life and saying, I can't breathe. Please help me. Let me up. Let me up. Whatever. He was saying, horrible. That police officer needs to pay for that act. But this has gone way beyond that act. This has gone to where the far left in our country is paying people to go in from out of state into these cities to wreak havoc. Now, I want to tell you this, for this and this only reason, because I respect God's house so much. When I was a kid, I know it's hard to believe now, but I, I wasn't the best kid in the world. I know you all look at me and say, oh, Joe, surely not. I, I, I was kind of ornery. But in my orneriness, I never hurt anybody, never, never destroyed anybody's property or anything like that. Now, we did things on Halloween night and, you know, egg in houses and stuff. Larry turned the tape off, so uh, uh, I don't want to admit anything in public. You all won't tell nobody, right? Okay, as long as you promise. But when, when us boys, and there was a gang of us of about 10 or 12 boys that we, we run together all the time up and down Fudge Creek. We were same age, dear friends, went to school together, everything else. And we just, we go camping together, we, we go swimming together, we go fishing together, and we do ornery things together. We just do ornery things. I mean, um, but, and, and I'd like to tell you some of them, but then you'll probably hold it against me. But, uh, but whenever we'd walk by a church, we didn't look cross-eyed at the church. We never thought about egging the church. We never thought about, you know, when I was a kid, TPing, was a big thing. Nowadays, you can't afford to, can you? I'm, I mean, if you TP'd somebody's house, they'd run out and say, thank you, thank you, thanks. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, but, uh, but we never thought about doing anything to the church. Soaping the windows, egging it, doing it. We didn't do anything to, that was God's house. We just walked by like this, you know. We didn't look, look crooked at it. I heard today where people were burning down houses of God yesterday and writing graffiti on the side of houses of God. If I were God, I'd have struck a couple of them with lightning right there. I'd have got their attention. I wouldn't, wouldn't have killed them. I'd have got their attention. Zap! If I were God. Boy, I thank God I'm not God. Because when I was a kid, my hair would probably be sticking out now. Because God would have zapped me a couple of times. And said, hey, Joe. Struck me with lightning. If it were not for the grace of God. The power of 
You see, this is what blows my mind. That within the power of God is the grace of God and the mercy of God to be able to forgive, to be able to forget, to be able to help us in our time. Why would anybody give up on a God like that? Why would anybody ever want to turn their back on a loving God like we have? Stand with me, please. His heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. John, if you would, come. I think what needs to come from us as Christians today that if, if there's somebody here that's not a Christian, I would beg you today to be saved, to trust Christ as your Savior, to come to Him by faith. For us as Christians today that are in our minds doing our best, but are we really? Could we do better? Could we do more? Could we at least offer ourselves to God to say, God, I don't know what you can do with me. I don't know what you can do through me, but here I am. Do what you can. Here I am. I give you everything I've got. Give you all of my abilities, all of my desires, all of my wants, all of my dreams. I lay them out before you. She's playing a song. All to Jesus I surrender. I give you everything. Would you do that? Have you done that? Will you do it again? As far as today's concerned, God, here I am. I don't know what tomorrow holds for me. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But as far as today is concerned, all to Jesus I surrender. I surrender all. Father, you know every heart. You know every need that's here today, and I'm praying for them. I pray for myself, God, that you'd stir in all of us to go a little further, go a little deeper, go a little higher. That the power of God would reign in our bodies to give us the abilities that we need to accomplish the task that's before us. All we have to do is surrender. And I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing the song. 275.